So here we are again, view and spew review. <laughs> we are. We are. Just another totally normal, nothing different no, at all. Not at all special episode. No. Uh, we randomly picked a movie from the hat that is Powderheads. And coincidentally, uh, just leaping from the screen and into the extra chair, Catherine Mary Stewart. <laughs> But not credited as Catherine Mary Stewart in Powderheads. Oh, it was Kathy Nursall. Yeah. Well, what is the story behind that? So the copy that you sent at the end, I think it said Catherine Mary Stewart, didn't it? I'm it did. Sh- it, it, yeah. But the beginning, it did. But at the beginning, it's Kathy Nursall, which is my real name, my my the name I was born with, I guess. Um, my dad is. Ralph Nursall and my brothers are Alan and John Nursall and my mom is Mary Nursall. But when I did my, um, the very first movie that I did, The Apple. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we gotta love that one. We're trying to figure out a screening here. Oh, yes. please. Right? That'd be great. Yeah, please. Um, that would be I a would movie party. Which I would definitely come back yes. for. Uh, the director, Menachem Golan, who's, uh, he, he's sort of well known in the industry, not in the public necessarily. He's, uh, an Israeli director, and he was a very famous Israeli director, actually, and he was trying to break into the um, American film market with The Apple, which didn't work the way he (laughs) expected it to, but at any rate, when I was cast in this movie, he was like, what's his name? That's how he talked. Everybody imitates Menachem the same way. (laughs) Right. It's great when you had the electric boogaloo. It's like everybody had their own Everybody (laughs) says it like that. Because that's the way he was. Even when he was happy, he was like, I'm happy now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he says, I don't know this name. I can't say this name. Uh, Change it. Like that. And and I was living in London. I was a dancer. And I'm like, I'm going to be the lead in this movie. And I thought, well, okay, what, what, what should I do? Well, my mother's maiden name is Stuart. She's Mary Stuart. And I'm Catherine Mary Nursall, but I changed it to Catherine Mary Stuart, which I thought was really pretty. And it was a little tip of the hat to my mom. But everybody thinks I'm Catholic, first yeah, of all. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm a that. nun. Or I'm, I get Mary Catherine a lot. Sure, Somehow yeah. Mary Catherine is sort of, I don't know, people are more familiar with that version. Um, but, you know, it takes a lot, uh, um, up a lot of the screen, so that must be good. <laughs> a lot of marquee <laughs> my, letters. Exactly, a lot of marquee letters. Yeah. And now it's mostly just, I mean, CMS is how I... Right. Well, yeah. that's how I right. usually sign emails and things like that. I'll sure. say CMS. But so when I did um, Powderheads... I had no sort of concept that this was going to be a career for me at that time. I mean, I did the Apple, and and I was literally back in Edmonton, Alberta, where I'm from, for Christmas. And um, a good friend of mine, even to this day, Betty Chadwick, was a casting person in Edmonton. And this movie was coming to Edmonton to shoot, and she recommended me, because I'd done this big feature film in, you know, overseas, and um, I was cast in it. Uh, and I didn't really, at that point, know what to call myself. Was I going to stick with Catherine Mary But again, I think at that point, I was still, in my mind, a dancer. I came back from London after shooting the movie, went back to my dance company and was doing all this stuff. So that's why it was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just Kathy Nursall. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's I think the story behind that. It was quite a while ago, but yeah. Uh, as the back of the box says, a semi-religious experience. <laughs> oh, boy. So 
um, I, yeah. which I'm sure Adam will uh, show on the video for the uh, people can't see behind the screens here. So <laughs> was the making of Powderheads a semi-religious experience? Oh my God, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the fun part was the skiing, actually, because we got to, well, I didn't do this, the stunt skiing. Um, I don't think anybody did. Other no, 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 no. That was too. I mean, did it, I, to me, it seems like the, a lot of it was, uh, Okay, there's a lot of skiing in this. <laughs> but the the skiing seemed like it was part of, you know, Canadian travel, uh, come and ski Edmonton. Because mm, right. it, it was shot, very, like, you know, these vistas. I mean, the cinematography yeah. on like it was a different film. Yeah. Right. Well, I was thinking about this when I was watching it because... I, I couldn't even get through the whole thing <laughs> this last time I watched it. I was just like, oh, geez. We here just watched goes. it twice before you got here. Oh, I don't know what did. you're talking about. Oh, no. <laughs> we had it on a loop. Oh, it's true. God. He's not kidding. I'm not but kidding. You, at, in, at that time, like the, especially in the 70s and the 80s, ski movies were huge, but they were more documentary style. Hmm. Um, I did a little research. This guy named Warren Miller was like a world-renowned um, uh, ski cinematographer um and he he used to have these epic ski movies with stunt skiing and these professional they were really cool to watch i mean they did incredible stuff so i think maybe where this came from was kind of riding the back of the popularity of that genre of film well i could see that too yeah. if i was a big skier mm -hmm. i would totally be into this in the same way that i love well, a police Academy 3 because it has skateboarding. Right. And at that time, I was maybe 13, 14, and skateboarding was my whole life. Right. And I'm like, this is my most favorite movie ever. Right. And because then it had Gleaming Tony the Hawk Cube and, and the Gleaming yeah, the Cube. Yeah, Gleaming the Cube, everything. you know, thrashing, yeah, you know, all that right. stuff yeah. were just like really, really high on my it, list. Right, exactly. And this is the same way with all that skiing. <laughs> but they are so like two different movies. It's like. Yeah, sure. Weird people talking strange things and thinking they're funny, <laughs> and then skiing, skiing. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of. Skiing. Was there anything even resembling a script used? For this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because because a lot of it does. Kind it of it really seems top. situational. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the lead actor, who's actually a very established Canadian actor. In fact, I, think I he thought was, he was good. He was yeah, wonderful. I mean, I he was really but good I think that. a lot of his stuff was sort of ad lib, off the cuff mm. kind of junk. I mean, that's but he, that's the kind of way he acts as well yeah there was definitely a script um but they were trying to keep it as like kind of up in the air as possible free flowing and, you know and also because we were such crazy people you know oh my gosh but it, it was just <laughs> oh, so do tell. silly do well, tell. No, 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 i'm just talking about the story itself that they think is funny you know <laughs> stealing a, a religious christian bus and right. getting totally drunk and then playing these different characters and the stupid cops who try to um, arrest them and they and the the evil uncle that's trying to try i mean the, it's just like the worst <laughs> and and yeah and it's really embarrassing to watch myself it's it's very canadian <laughs> you have every you know strange brew at that time all oh, this, yeah all right. that was just such so I hot think, yeah they were piggybacking uh, on that trying to anyway but, you know driving drunk you know i'm yeah. sure there were some molsons that were being stacked oh, up for in the sure. back yeah, oh, yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah it, it was yeah i mean i think like um uh, d uh, what's his name? Don Goodspeed. He was. I thought he was pretty good. I mm -hmm. thought he was pretty good. I thought David Ferry was pretty good. Um, you know, it, it, but I think I was just awful. I just was like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs>
Oh, Just no. kill no, me yeah, now. No, you were, no, you were wonderful, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. You were actually one of the lights of the film. No, I, I definitely... Actually, I think that's probably harder for you to watch it, but I actually... I did get some enjoyment. But specifically, and I think, Sean, you actually timed it. Yes. So yeah. what's the time count on uh, the pretty much consecutive ski footage? 20, 20 minutes and one second breaks up half the movie, which is really what kind of kills the flow. Yeah, well... Is, right. that, is that there's like a... Six minute sequence goes back to five minutes of stuff happening, right? And then a 12 minute plus sequence immediately following that of just ski footage with the prog rock soundtrack. That's the thing, like, it is, literally, which, I watch it and I'm like, this is like a, the longest prog rock skiing music video I've ever seen in my life. And then I'm like, oh, it's and I was actually texting these guys because I was watching it for the first time, so we didn't actually watch this one together, right? So I'm texting them, I'm like, it's still going, it's still going, and then it stops. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's actually over, and then it starts it again. again. <laughs> I was like, this is maybe the mo most amazing thing I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, it's truly like two seconds. My religious experience. It, it was yeah. a semi, but I would just say not even semi, fully religious experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 they were just bookends, is what the, the scheme was, you know, <laughs> right? To, to the situations that right, were right, right. the yeah. shenanigans that were happening <laughs> every now and again. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, like I said, I think they were really trying to tap into that whole, you know, ski documentary style thing, which was very, very popular at the time. Yeah. And, and we shot it in Idaho we, uh, and also in Jasper, Alberta, which is, I grew up there, so I grew up skiing. So the fun part for me was, um, you know, in between shots of us standing there at the start line where we go <laughs> off and then some person in red, you know, skiing yeah. on. Oh, know? wait, that wasn't you? Uh, no. <laughs> but we got to we got to ski a little bit in between shots and things like that. Oh, I loved it because it was like top-of-the-line equipment at the time. My K2s, oh, boy. They were a little nervous about me skiing because if something happened to me, that wouldn't have been good. Of course, good. yeah. But that was a real fun part of it for sure. Yeah, awesome. I've never done downhill. You haven't. I I grew up in Minnesota, and we did cross country uh -huh. quite right. a bit. Um, but that's, Minnesota, Minnesota. Uh, but <laughs> that's like, that's really the the most experience I ever had was skiing. Mm -hmm. uh, but this this warning, this narrator. <laughs> oh, right, the warning. Oh I think it happens two times. Twice. Twice yeah. for the first warnings. Mm -hmm. Powder heads under Section 1C of the new Canadian Constitution are defined as persons engaged in an activity in a winter recreation area that endangers the hearts, minds, and bodies of any adult in the immediate vicinity. Penalties to a maximum of $50 or one year in jail can be levied if the offense involves bad language, loose women, homemade alcohol, South American drugs, religion, loud music, or fast skiing in a restricted area. Any person fraternizing or associating with a suspected powderhead in or around a designated ski resort is subject to life imprisonment. This includes those involved in the viewing of unauthorized movies featuring fast and or reckless skiing sequences. This warning is issued by the Right Honorable Elmo Lillicotion, LLAA, Minister of Roads, Mountains and Entertainment for the people of Canada. They were. I, I get the. I get the feeling that like the the director and the producer wrote the script and they thought it was hilarious <laughs> as they were writing. Okay, <laughs> right. But good one. We got to put that in there. It's just like no, it's not good. South American drugs. Hashtag. Right. Yeah. South American drugs. <laughs> yeah. 
That's uh, which is, reckless. I think, of the things that they list, I like the only thing of those warnings that's actually in the film yeah. is, you know, maybe that South American drugs. But like, mm-hmm. there's like no loose I, women in the movie at I all. Know. I think that they're just trying. They thought it was funny. Right. I, they just were writing this and thinking this is so hilarious. <laughs> this absolutely needs to be in a feature film. And um, sadly, they were wrong. <laughs> how did how did the release of this go? I mean, did, was there any sort of press done at the time? I mean, or was this pushed at all? Or yeah, um, I remember. I, I remember they did a screening at this big um, auditorium in Edmonton called the Jubilee Auditorium, and uh, my friends and family, my grandmother was there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I remember at the end of the screening, I, again, I was so brand new to all this. I did do the apple, you know, but I had no clue of what I was doing. I, I was just like, okay, I'll do that now, you know. Um, and I remember the expression on my grandmother's face at the end of the movie, and I was like, so what did you think? And she was like, you know, she, was, she didn't know what to – I don't <laughs> think she even said anything. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Anyway, you know. And But in retrospect, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, poor grandmother. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, little did she know it would be the cult phenomenon that it has become. Yeah. Has it, though? Yeah, yeah we are, we are <laughs> the three Americans yes. <laughs> who have seen this movie. The cult of three. Right. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to find because no one will relinquish or resell their copy yeah, of Powderheads. Yeah, yeah, it's a it. must for the collection. Right. <laughs> a holy relic to to bring the narration back around again mm-hmm. all of a sudden the movie just stops oh yeah and then they have this warning and then another warning <laughs> you know or you know kind of a thank you and an apology all at the same time for watching this movie you know what it feels <laughs> like I it kind feels of like appreciate, when but... you're like writing something on a piece of paper and you get to the end and then you like kind of like write down <laughs> <laughs> and it's illegible yeah you know, so it yeah goes, that's how the movie... I thought it was a... <laughs> right yeah. it's like oh boy we have to end the movie now so i guess we'll just cut to more skiing and do a voiceover yeah i just I, we couldn't figure i think we were talking earlier that it whether or not just ran out of footage ran out of time right yeah. ran out of money yeah that's because all I, you have to do is just have you know the crawl that's you know and then the narrator saying you know thanks for coming bye see you later i don't yeah. think this they, is what happened they had to avoid any more of those 50 dollars fines <laughs> You didn't right. want to bankrupt the country for Pete's sake. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I thought. How did, it, how did the story end? I don't even. It, I watched it, it like it just it didn't end. It ended on the skiing. Right? The ski race happens, and the narration right. explains what happens oh. to everybody oh, in the rest right. of their lives. Yes, right. And that it, it was. Wait, there was a cl- wasn't there? Oh no, they had some flashback things, didn't they? Me looking angry with my uncle <laughs> yes, in the background. Yeah. And, I, and like I believe that. you became a pig farmer. Oh, okay, yes, I, okay. I yeah. don't know how that fit in with the rest of the movie <laughs> again at all. Gosh, that is brilliant. I got it. She becomes a pig farmer. Nailed it. Right. So was I mean was that in a script? Like or did <laughs> right. they come up with that? That's where the, the Well like, again, I think that well, there probably was a script, but I, I think it was just a couple of guys thinking they were it's so funny. I can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. probably influenced by something. What did you <laughs> Okay. So you did Powderheads. Uh-huh. I don't Second even know movie. if you can can really 
dive in any deeper into the minutia of powder heads. <laughs> what did was That's that? Not. I mean, like you, <laughs> like you said, you 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 went into it with a little bit of naivete and nonchalant, mm-hmm. um, something you know for for kicks and and to get the experience. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from there? Like you said, you didn't know if you wanted to act or not, but yeah. then you have the resume of the Apple, right. which uh, critically was not a success, mm-hmm. uh, and then Powderheads, mm-hmm. which I guess you could say wasn't like a big, you know. Yeah, I'm here not I sure am, or, in terms of dis- to answer your question before distribution and stuff. I, I I don't think it went very far. Put it that way. Yeah. So then, where where did you go from there? Like Powderheads, and then right. So I got a phone call from Menachem, my good friend Menachem Golan from mm-hmm. Canon Films. They were going to be shooting another movie in L.A. And he said, I want you to star in it. So come to L.A. I was in Can- I'm like, okay. Um, it was called Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hype, I think, or something oh, like wow. that. And um, I said, great, I'll come down there. So... I uh, packed all my junk up, and I got to the airport, and they, uh, and they said, and why are you going to the United States? You know, because you have to go through immigration or whatever in Edmonton before you get to L- uh, L.A. I said, I'm going to be doing a movie. I think, oh, excellent. Do you have your work permit? And I'm like, <laughs> work permit? And I'm like, um, well, I'm sure they have one for me down there. Uh, no, you need to have a work permit to, if you're going to be working there, before you enter the country. I'm like, huh, go figure. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to make a call. They wouldn't let me into the country. Wow. So I called up uh, Menachem and said, uh, they, they asked me for a work pair. And he says, you told them that you were going to work on a movie? Why would you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, because that's what I was going to do. Right. I don't know. I'm supposed to like. So I didn't know, again, naive. I, I, I was naive for a very long... I'm still naive, oh, for Pete's sake. But um, yes, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't know that there were rules about working. Nothing. So they had to make the movie without me. So I didn't end up going um, down there I, at that time. But I did... I learned my lesson, and I did end up flying down to L.A. and just seeing what it was all about. I wasn't sure if I was going to stay or not. Um, but the Apple was a great uh, starter for me, sure, for sure. sure. It was a good springboard because even though it, it was certainly not, um, you know, embraced critically, <laughs> I was the lead in a feature film, and that meant a lot. Right out the, the gate, too. I mean, right that's... out of the gate, yeah. So I ended up getting an agent quite quickly and um, going out on auditions and I was of the age um, you know where I was basically the new meet in town you know the young ingenue new face who'd done some work and um, there was a lot of good positive response and fortunately I I ended up getting married and getting a green card so that I could work Ah. Um, that helped enormously because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to work but um, and from there, I, uh, you know, did a couple of small things, and then I got on Days of Our Lives and that kind of. Well, that started me. I think what really springboarded me in town was The Last Starfighter. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Powderheads was indirectly uh, actually brought up by you 
on your Facebook page. Oh, oh, it was. And that's what that's kind of started <laughs> us on the hunt down that's for this so videotape. Funny. Uh, so we could all watch it. Uh, so that so that that came from that. Okay. Uh, and powder Powderheads is not a. <laughs> no, I movie. think coincidentally, you take. I already back. had it. I already oh, had the, the VHS. You? Oh, okay. you asked me if I if I could find it, right. or that you were. I don't know. You I don't remember the specific in. conversation. But then I had it, and then coincidentally, maybe not even a month later, or a couple weeks later, you mentioned, oh, good luck trying to find this movie from my past. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And before the sentence was even done, yeah. Yeah. you mean this movie? This one? Yeah. That started this journey. Catherine Mary Stewart, America's sweetheart, graced us with her presence on View and Spew. Yeah. so grateful. Here at the Alamo, uh, you're getting ready for your back-to-back screenings of Powderheads. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, no. Are you excited? <laughs> Powderheads. We fooled you. We said it was, and oh and the audience. They all think they're going to see Last Starfighter, oh, yeah. but we're throwing uh, Powderheads on this screen. Oh, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> so you weren't supposed to say anything until it actually happened, <laughs> oh, be because like, she does have an exit strategy <laughs> if she wants I one. I do. <laughs> Darn it. It's called Ober, you know. <laughs> Get me out of here. But, of course, uh, by the time you watch this, you know, the, the events th- that unfold today will be over, but it is a Last Starfighter mm-hmm. and uh, Night of the Comet on 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, just very excited that you know we set this up probably almost a year ago yeah um, yeah we did and uh you know and hopefully we can get you back for another screening yeah it looks I'd like you're to. having a this blast has been here. so much fun Good. it really has been fun yeah. everybody's been terrific excellent and, um it's so nice and receptive and and yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun to come back Good. do a little photo signing or you know meet and greet and q a yeah i need to see the apple on the big screen i just been putting that out there into the universe it is yeah i've I've never seen it on the big screen oh yeah Yeah, something to behold i've never seen that at the comet on the big screen so i'm super excited for that yeah yeah big time awesome So it's, it was a pleasure, guys. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. What, what do you have coming up, just yeah. real quick? If you want to, do you want to plug anything for a speaking. Christmas movie, something yeah. or other that I've Maybe, I've heard? Uh, yes. Yeah, speaking of genres, um, completely different genres. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one is called. It's actually it, it, when this airs, it won't. Um, it will have been on, but hopefully they'll have it in rotation or something. But it's called a rock rock and roll Christmas. Um, with Beverly Mitchell, who was in Seventh Heaven for mm-hmm. years and years, and I guess she was in Saw too. Oh. Apparently, which is the, that's a <laughs> dichotomy right there. Um, yeah, and and I play. I get to sing again. Nice. I play the mother of a mother daughter singing duo. She's my daughter. Um, we fifteen years ago we were super popular, and then we have a falling out, and we haven't seen each other for fifteen years. And the beginning of the movie is where we're kind of tricked into being on stage together again for the first time in a long time. And we think we're going there for solo performances, but it's sold out. So we end up on stage and we're like, oh, what are you doing here? But we have to perform and everybody loves it. And we end up cutting a Christmas album together. And, you know, it's bumpy and messy and lots of anger and resentment. But, of course, believe it or not, we figure it out and we learn to forgive. It's a Christmas accept. miracle. That's it's right. a Christmas miracle. And our, um, it's the granddaughter who sort of brings us all together. It's her Christmas wish that we spend Christmas together as a family. 
That's awesome. But it's it's actually a you know it's a little bit different. Of course, they have to do all that stuff, but it definitely is a slightly different has a slightly different arc, I guess, to the story than the classic Christmas movies. And that's what attracted me to it, frankly, is is I get to sing. We recorded a couple of original songs. Awesome. We sing some traditional um, Christmas carols. But I got to, I mean, I feel at home on stage. Uh, my foundation is as a dancer performing on stage and acting on stage. And so getting up there and getting to sing in front of an audience, a live audience. There's nothing like that. Oh. I was. I just reveled in every moment of that. So, where can we see this one? Uh, oh, it's on Up TV. Um, uh, you'll have to look up what provider you have for that particular. There's quite a few of them. Um, I listed on my um, Facebook page, Catherine Mary Stewart, um, on Facebook. I, that's the best place to find me and, and see what it is I'm up to these days. I'm also on Twitter. My handle. Just Nailed it. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's C-M-S-A-L-L, uh, but hashtag Catherine Mary Stewart. And I'm on Instagram. Um, and I have a website, a very messy website, but you can check it out, CatherineMaryStewart.com. And all of this, I'm sure, is magically appearing on the screen oh. right now as well. Oh, yeah. No pressure. I yeah, love the talent. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, check it out. But I'm also getting into directing more. And uh, I directed a short film that I wrote uh, year or so ago and I just loved I love 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 that so I'm I presently have a script that I wrote with a partner and a producer and we were sort of trying to passing that around at the moment which I would direct and, and star in um, and I'm also developing a play that I'm going to direct awesome so that I have producers in LA that are working with me on that so yeah I'm getting into that kind of thing more Excellent. I'm still acting however you know I'm um, I'm out there, but, and on TV on Sunday, November 10th, on Up TV. Perfect. Amazing. Set your DVRs for it. Yeah. <laughs> and look for it for when Set it re-airs since, since the 10th will be passed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm sure. It's a Christmas yeah. movie. They yeah. have, they're they're well, probably going to run it multiple times throughout yeah. November. Yeah. And, and it'll, I'm sure, get on to Netflix and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, movies like that, if they're on a, a network like that, almost always get distribution mm-hmm. on streaming. So, yeah, I'm sure people will be able to find it. I also did another Christmas, just to throw this in uh-huh. there in case it's in rotation. A couple of years ago, I did one for Hallmark called A Nutcracker Christmas. But what was so cool about that for me was it uh, revolved around the Nutcracker, the ballet, and oh. dancing. Cool. Oh, I it, and I think they really did a great job of recording the classical ballet scenes because that's not easy to do, and some people don't do it very well. So that was just I just loved doing that. We, we shot that in Toronto with the um, National Ballet of Canada, so that was pretty cool. And Amy Acker. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. They're not as mean as they look. It's true. We're very lovable. CMS says so. It's true. (laughs) We, the 
the producers regret that we are unable to continue this race because certain scenes containing fast skiing, bad language, and extensive nudity are offensive to the people of Canada. We can say, however, that Belinda finished 83rd and returned home with Uncle S.D. and after a long bout with drug abuse, is living a quiet life slaughtering pigs at a hot dog factory. Porkchop, our fat friend, also returned home. After spending 10 days in Sun Valley, Porky underwent extensive surgery to correct facial damage following a bad accident involving a large European woman with a wild imagination. Joey finished second in the race. However, he was disqualified when officials discovered he had squeezed his pimples with an addictive antibiotic cream only three hours before the race. Stryker was also disqualified. As he approached the finish gate, he took his clothes off, lit himself on fire, and began chanting, Oh God, let go of my ears. I know my job. Race officials ruled that assistance from God in a ski race is considered an unfair advantage. Today, Stryker remains a powderhead, living in seclusion in somewhere else, Idaho.